0: Good morning. We are still missing you. We can't wait. We're getting closer, we feel. Can't wait. I was looking at a famous Father of the Faith quote recently, and it says, If we believe what we like about the Gospels and reject what we don't like, it is not the Gospel we believe, but ourselves. You know, I don't know about you, but there's many places. Well, I do know about you because I know me, and I know it's just a fact of human nature. We learn and believe things through many places in our life. We gather information to gain knowledge and how to do life from a lot of places, peers, school, church, family, et cetera. You can fill in the blank. But when we gather this information— It becomes our belief about how we do life, one way or another. Some of us have stories that made us change our beliefs. I don't know about you, but I've made some bad choices, and those bad choices caused me to change my belief in something. (laughs) So I'm sure you've had the same thing on your path. But there is one place that I have chosen. It's not a natural choice, but... I have chosen to find my beliefs about life, and that's much of what I believe has been polar opposite of the world. Um, My beliefs probably wouldn't line up with everybody, and that's okay. I'm okay with that because I want to line up with God every time if I can. However, we will never go wrong if we go to this place, and that is the Word, the Bible, the truth. God's... God's very own words to us. His breath, um, like he breathed those words. It's amazing. And I just want to read a verse out of Psalms 90. If you don't, I'll ask you the question, do you want to live a life with no regrets? If so, this is how we do it. In Psalms 90, and uh, there's a couple of verses, it says, Lord, Through all the generations, you have been our dwelling place, our home. So every generation has had this. Before the mountains were born, before God gave birth to the earth and the world, from the beginning to the end, He is God. And how can we believe this? What what are the actions? How do we come to know this? And that is in verse 14, satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. All our days we can do this. This brings peace to my life. I don't know about you, but it brings peace to me. And we just want to satisfy ourselves with God and we'll sing for joy all our days. Let's do that right now with our worship in song.
1: never fails. Will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is happy in all my days. Oh, yes, I will. short hair. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy oh, my stand against I choose to pray
0: Thank you so much for your presence in our life, and it is because of our celebration of last Sunday, the resurrection, we have Christ. And Father, there is no greater treasure here on this earth. We want to build our life around Him, and we thank you so much that we have an avenue of that through our daily walk but also with our sermons and how you teach us through our pastor. And Father, we thank you for him, and we pray that you will give him power at this moment. We pray that you would fill him, that he would be so um, filled with you, Holy Spirit, that we would receive something so special. Thank you so much for the word. Thank you for... It never returning void. It will always do work in all of us. And now we ask and we say, we open our hearts to let you come in and do your work, whatever you need to do. Help us to listen intently and just to um, be sensitive to your precious spirit that lives within us. In Jesus' name,
2: amen. Good morning, everyone. Please turn into your Bibles to John chapter 11. Russell Carter, who was born in 1849, was a star athlete of a military academy, an outstanding student academically as well. He was multi-talented, he was an ordained Methodist minister, a musician and a strong writer. He also had earned a medical degree and spent the last of his professional years as a practicing physician. At age 30, he became critically ill with a heart problem, and the doctors told him there was nothing they could do. He was already a Christian, but it was during that health crisis that he came to a new depth in his faith. Let me say, I believe that during this crisis, some of us are finding a new depth in our faith. You see, for... Russell, God's word became more alive to him than ever before. He began to study with a new zeal intensity and the great promises of God set forth throughout the scripture. He came to the point that he prayed, Lord, whether you see fit to heal me or not, from now on, my life is full of yours and I'm going to stand on your promises. Well, Russell then wrote that great hymn standing on the promises. But several years later, that his health began to prove, and he lived a full and productive life until he died at the age of 79. You see, God doesn't always see fit to heal our illnesses. Sometimes he takes his children home to heaven when they experience perfect, where they experience perfect and eternal wellness. But other times, he does heal us in this life. And it all depends on his plan for the individual. Well, one thing is certain. If we will study God's promise correctly and understand and rightly apply of these promises, they will revolutionize our lives in a positive way. Now, would you turn with me to John chapter 11? This morning, we're going to start a new sermon series called Life After Death. Last Sunday, we celebrated Easter, and Easter is all about Jesus beating death, that he is a living proof that there is life after death. The key thought for this series is going to be the resurrection of Jesus Christ reveals that death is not the end for the believer. It's just the beginning. Now let's look at John chapter 11, and in verse 25 it says, Jesus states this, I am the resurrection and the life, and anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. So we go through this series, I want to use this verse over and over again. I want us to memorize, I want us to know this verse, because somewhere, at some point in each of our lives, we are going to Use this verse. We're going to need this verse. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. So here's the big truth for today. Every person can trust the promises of God because the resurrection of Jesus Christ reveals that God keeps his promises, period. God is the ultimate promise keeper. Listen, life may be getting the best of you. It may be hard for you right now. It may may be difficult for you to wrap your brain around the promises of God or trust God. Remember this, Christ breaking out of the grave is the ultimate test and evidence that God is a God that keeps his promises. It's the granddaddy promises of them all. Jesus said he would die and he would rise himself from the grave three days later. So let's, let's talk about a story before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a story of resurrection as well. as by a man named Lazarus, found in John chapter 11. Let's read four verses. A man named Lazarus was sick and he lived in Bethany with his sister, Mary and Martha. This is a true story, names and places. Verse two, this is, the, this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. And her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Now we stop here and believe that the sisters, you know, had seen Jesus heal others, and no doubt they believed that Jesus could heal their brother as well. So they sent this message to Jesus. Verse four. This is Jesus' reply. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, "Lazarus' sick will not end in death." No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Now, let's stop for just a moment and pull a couple things out of this verse. Jesus said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So Jesus makes a promise to Martha, and this is revealed to her in this promise that He truly does care for her. And he does care for us. He does uh, understand and know and concern about what we go through. So Jesus made a promise to her that speaks to her that he loved her. So the first thing I want you to understand is we look at this first. God makes promises for us because He loves and cares for us. The promises of God speak about God's love for us. Did you know that there are more than 5,000 promises from God for us to enjoy? These have our name on over 5,000 promises that could be applied to your life and to my life. And every time you read one of the 5,000 promises of God in the scripture, it is proclaiming that God values you. He loves you. He cares for you. God's not mad at you. He loves you right where you're at. God's not against you. He's for you. There are 31,102 verses in the Bible. There are over 5,000 promises of God. This means that about one-sixth of the Bible contains a promise by God. My friend, that is why it is important for you and I to read and to know our Bible as he has a promise for what you are going through. If you don't know those promises, you can't claim them. When you go through life not knowing what God has promised you in his word, your life will be filled with anxiety. This is why it's important for us to read his word, to know these promises so we can claim them and apply them to our life. Now you might say, why would God go to all the trouble to make us a promise? Well, simply in showing that he cares for us. He truly wants to help us. In fact, when you think of it, all of God's promises uh, have our needs in mind. They are tailored for what we will go through in life because he knows us, he understands us, he knows about life. What we need, even more than what we believe that we need. I love Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Jesus' promise to Martha is that her brother's sickness is not unto death. And, of course, this is great news to Martha and Mary. That her brother's sickness is not unto death. But my friend, watch this. This is important. Let's not miss this. The promise Jesus makes to Martha goes beyond her expectations. What was Martha hoping for? Of course, that her brother would be healed and there's nothing wrong with this request. You know, certainly when things go wrong in our life, we ask God to help us with those things and even correct those things. We, will, we certainly want a cure for the COVID-19. We, we want God to keep our loved ones healthy. We ask God for financial needs. Uh, we, we want to go, go back to work if we're out of work. We want life to get back to normal. And there's nothing wrong with asking God for the needs in our life. God wants us to bring our burdens to Him. He invites us, he encourages us to do that. And we do need to do that. Take them to the Lord in prayer. But here's the difficulty. When we bring our needs before God, it is in the how God answers our prayers, how He responds. Or when we talk about God fulfilling the promises, God, you promised, in the how he's going to fulfill his promises, that becomes the hard part. We can experience major frustration when we bring our needs to God if we attach how we think God should respond to our needs. Disappointment happens when we give our prayer requests to God and we dictate can you, can you imagine that dictating to God how God should work, how God should correct problems? That, my friend, is a certain recipe for frustration to uh, d- develop in your relationship with God. And Sometimes he doesn't, does respond just like we think he should. Sometimes he doesn't. You see, we cannot treat God like he's some kind of genie. He is obligated to us to work how we think he should work. You remember when Jesus prayed in the garden? He asked the Father to remove the cup of suffering and then said, no matter what, God, your will be done, not mine. Jesus asked about a need in his life and when he left it in the Father's care to do however the Father uh, pleased to do. Mary brought a need to Jesus. Jesus, my brother is sick. Her implied attachment to the need was, Jesus, heal my brother of the sickness. And Jesus makes a promise to Martha that says, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Did you notice that? He did not promise to take away the sickness, he just said, the sickness will not end in death. Now, watch what happens in this story. We're going to skip a few verses. Let's go to verse 17, John 11. And when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. So, very evident, Lazarus had died. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. Now, let stop here and say this certainly is implying that the reason Jesus didn't get there four days earlier when Lazarus was alive and on his deathbed is really implied that this four-day journey is not the why Jesus missed Lazarus' death. There was a bigger um, thing going on than this. Many of the peoples had had came, and they they came to Martha, and they Consoled Martha and Mary in their loss. We read on. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. I'm going to ask you a question. You know, I wonder if Mary stayed in the house because she was upset at Jesus for not being there to heal Jesus. I think many of us can identify with Mary. We can say, why, God, if you had only been here... If you'd only worked this way, perhaps you'd been like Mary. We would be like Mary, staying away from Jesus. Because we felt that God let us down. Maybe you're one that God has, it seemed to you, let you down. You're disappointed in the way that God didn't work, the way he did work. Maybe it even kept you out. From coming to a, a church service, being involved in a church, because you're hurt, maybe even angry, and mad at God. Perhaps Mary was that way in her home. She was not wanting to come towards Jesus. We read on. Mary said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would have, would have not died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Mary, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying. Isn't that a great promise from God? That's something we all need. We all need that promise. We all need to know that Jesus is the resurrection and he is the life. We all need to believe in him that we may live even after dying. The other night, uh, Cindy and I watched the, uh, the movie, I Still Believe. Now, this movie is based upon a true story of a singer named Jeremy Camp and his wife. Great movie. The last, she is on her deathbed. Her body is racked with pain from cancer. And, of course, they have prayed for God to deliver her, but God hadn't delivered her from the cancer. And right before she passes, she sits up in her bed saying, I'm healed. I'm healed and then she passes on into heaven. God promises that if you will believe in him, my friend, you will be healed of all that is wrong with your body when we pass on to heaven. And this is a promise for all believers to stand on. No matter how life gets, no matter what we go through and, the health things that we may face, we have a hope. We can stand on the promise of God that he is going to make everything right that's wrong in our life. And sometimes God even sees fit to heal before we get to heaven. As we develop this story about Lazarus, it's such a case. So let's read on in verse 38. And again, Jesus was deeply troubled as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with the stone rolled across his entrance. And Jesus says, roll the stone aside, he tells them. But Martha and the dead man's sister protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. And Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. And Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all those people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then shouted, and Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out and his hands and his feet bound in the grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, Unwrap him and let him go. My, what an event. Wouldn't you have liked to have seen this? Here comes Lazarus, I don't know, hopping out of the grave, however, because he was wrapped up in it. And Jesus told him to, Uh, unwrap him, let him go. He is alive. Oh, what a joyous celebration that must have been. As we view the process here, things didn't go as planned as per Martha's prayer. What she thought would happen, in fact, they exceeded. Something greater happened beyond what Martha was thinking. Something beyond her expectation happened. God didn't just heal Lazarus. He raised him from the dead. You brought him out from the grave. Listen, we can trust God to keep his promises because the resurrection of Lazarus, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, reveals that God keeps his promises. Now, what can we learn from this story? about the promises of God. I think number 1 that God always makes his promises good. He is a God of a perfect integrity. His word, his promises are always true. He says what he means, and he means what he says. The second thing is I think of this story is that in the promises of God, I believe when we see the promises of God fulfilled, they exceed our expectations. They're amazing what God does. As we trust him and as we see the promises of God fulfilled, it's amazing. And of course, God gets the glory of that. It goes beyond what we think could happen. They exceed our expectations. Number three, so I look at the story. I, I see the promise of God may be fulfilled differently than we expected as God sees our needs different than how we see it. You know as we as we think of Mar- Mary and Martha and and then when they had saw Lazarus had died, you know, they thought it was over, okay, the chapter closed, book closed, Lazarus' life is ended. Okay, and and now they were just going through the grieving process. process. But in the same chapter, in John 11, 11, Jesus, he he sees Lazarus differently. He sees Lazarus asleep, not dead. And he he tells the apostles, the disciples, he says, we're going to go and we're we're going to wake up Lazarus. He's asleep. They actually thought he really was like in a deep sleep. And Jesus clearly said, you know, he said, no, he's dead. He's dead, but, but it's like he's asleep. And that's for every believer. Can you, can you just picture the scene, bigger than the scene of, of just Lazarus dying? Uh, just follow the step of Lazarus. All right, so he gets sick and mary and martha try to care for him they pray for him and they send word to jesus and he gets worse and he gets so so bad that that you know he he eventually he, he dies and probably mary and martha were right there by his side and and there he dies and, and then he goes and they, and they bury him and and he and he goes to uh uh you know to the grave but really what god is seeing god sees something differently. Lazarus goes to a place of complete healing. You know, see, Lazarus steps over from this life to the next life. He has never felt better. His sisters, now listen, are angry at God because he let Lazarus go there to that perfect place. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? You see, they saw something different than Jesus. And I think this is a great truth here that God sees our need different than how we see it, and therefore his promise may be fulfilled different than expected. This week, uh, we had to lay off our preschool teachers. We were very sad about that because of tuition, and and, uh, and so we started praying about this, and just praying, and then we were expecting maybe get one of the SBA loans or maybe, you know, unemployment for them and, and all these things. And we're thinking about ways that we could help our preschool teachers. And, and on the Friday the, at the 3 o'clock hour, we were going to, you know, give the news, pass out checks. But an hour before, I get this call, and an individual said, I heard about your situation, and I want to give a check that will help the teachers stay employed for at least a couple more weeks. That was out of the blue. That was unexpected. It it was something that, that I believe that God wanted to show something greater, do something greater than just taking care of the needs of these teachers. We need to see the glory of God. You see, Martha saw her brother's sickness as a need to be healed, but God saw a bigger need that the glory of Jesus would be revealed, that God would be lifted up. Isn't it true that in verse 4, as we read, when Jesus said, Lazarus, sickness, not a death, he said, it is for the glory of God. I, the Son of God, will receive glory from this. My friend, remember that through the fulfilling of God's promise in our lives, it's the glory of God that God is most concerned about. Yes, he's concerned about the need that we may have, the sickness of Lazarus, the death of Lazarus. Those are all bona fide needs that, yes, but God has a greater need. He's more concerned about a greater need and is about the glory of God that needs to be revealed in our life. Why? Why is this? Is see that our greatest need for ourselves and for our community and for our world is to see a God that is high and lifted up. A God that can be trusted. A God that keeps his promises. A God that wants us to trust in his word. God needs to be elevated in our life. And that is the greatest need. My friend, if you're here and if you at the at the, at the uh, listening to this sermon. If you if you think about all the needs that are in your life, you know, the greatest need that you that you may have is to believe who God is and to glorify him in your life. When our prayers focus on our attention on God more than our need, it helps us to see that he is bigger and more powerful than any of our concerns. And as we see God answer our prayer, our faith deepens. And faith is the key that unlocks the door to God's blessings and power. I will give you one more thing. God wants us to believe in the promises and not... excuse me, God wants us to believe in the promise keeper and not in the promise. He wants us to love Him more than what, he, than what we can do for her, than what He can do for us or what we can get out of God. We are to pursue this God, and in that relationship, we give glory to God, and God works and completes His promises. Jesus said to the disciples, when they were questioning him, thinking about that, oh, Lazarus is asleep. No, he, he tells them plainly, he said, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad. Jesus says this. He said, for your sakes, I'm glad Lazarus is dead. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. You see what happened? God wants to perform. His promises in such a way that you will believe in him. It's important for us to put our faith and trust in Jesus, the promise keeper. Like what Paul said in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19: for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me, Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. Now get this, but in him it has always been yes. For now, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. My friend, that's why, if there's no other reason why you should believe is that because the promises of God are fulfilled through Christ. And you have to believe in him. And in your belief in him and in that relationship, the promises of God will be fulfilled in your life. You know, one of, the, one of the pitfalls of living in 2020 America is the feeling that we're all bulletproof. With our technology and intelligence, computer, uh, we almost feel like we can overcome anything. And at other times and places, people expected war to take some of their sons. And even during childbirth, to take one of their children was was a common experience for families. De- diseases was common. It was a shorter lifespan. Hard times was a way of life. They knew a way better than we than we do that even the most precious blessing of this life are temporary. It's easy to forget in in our technology world wi-fi and our fancy coffees and childhood vaccinations and modern medical miracles we've come to believe that we can control everything that is bad and fix what is wrong we would have thought that among us that we wouldn't have professional sports that they would stop or or our natural our national borders would close and that you know, travel to different countries would be stopped. Church service would be suspended. Uh, even the gates of Disney's world would stay shut. Any and everything can be taken away. And our most reliable systems can, can always be relied upon. In life, everything is temporary. Everything. Nothing is certain. You have no foundation in life except God's promises. Isaiah stated this way the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God, of our God, endures forever. And while we admit that everything earthly is, temp- is temporary, we can take courage. We can smile at the fact that God's word endures forever. No closing can close the book on his promises to us. Nothing can change God's plan. No matter how much our plans change, his promises will remain true. You see, Jesus, and only Jesus, he is the resurrection and life. Heavenly Father, you're the God and the only one, that when you speak your word, your word never returns void. It always accomplishes what you have in your heart to do. Father, help us to know and trust your promises. Help us to be in your word. Help us to know these promises and claim these promises for our life. And Father, it's not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of others, that they may see your glory and believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, the one who is the resurrection and the life. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen.